On today's episode of Locked On, Spartans Mel Tucker hosts his very first Michigan Week press availability. We're going to talk about something interesting that he said that uh, caught a lot of attention. And then I am going to do the unthinkable. I am going to defend Michigan State Offensive Coordinator Jay Johnson. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Wednesday, October 28th. The year is 2020. I'm your host, Will Hunter. I'm joined by my freshly stocked up on Coors Light co-host, mm-hmm. Matt Sheehan. Will, I've never been more ready for this Saturday. I'm ready to A, be a company man, and B, to be relaxed while watching uh, Michigan State taking on oh, yeah. that school down the road. Down, down the, road. the road. School up the road. Yeah, I, I got to say, was... I always get that mixed up, too. I always forget that like Ann Arbor's north of East Lansing, but whatever. It's not. You just said Ann Arbor's north of East Lansing. It's not. You I'm, at, I'm at the exact it. opposite. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. No, you know what? We're going to talk about just how silly it all is. We're going to make fun of that whole situation. Uh, and maybe, we'll, I don't know if there's anything interesting to take out of it, but we're going to talk about Mel Tucker's first Michigan media availability. I wonder if his first post-Michigan media availability will be as interesting as Mark D'Antonio's. That's probably not going to happen. That's, oh, there are a lot of low bars to set <laughs> uh, with this tenure. That is not one of the low bars. That that, a that's a high, high bar. <laughs> it's the high, and, you know, not high the way Mark D'Antonio held his hand to simulate Mike Hart's height. No, ooh, nice. Oh, nice. feeling right every week. Spirit, baby, let's go. <laughs> Thriving. Uh, <laughs> And then we're going to talk about that, and you know, I think we can start to get a little excited about Rivalry Week, Matt. Uh, sort of, not really, but sort of. Sure. Just like, listen, you're gonna. We'll, we'll talk about it. We're gonna talk about it. Okay. We're gonna okay. Put a pin in that. We're gonna talk about it, and then I'm going to defend Jay Johnson to the one person who was most loudly calling for him to be fired <laughs> just two <laughs> days ago. <laughs> Uh, did I have too much dip in my chip when I did that or no? <laughs> too much something. Uh, that's the plan for today's show. Reminder to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcasts. We do this every single day, five days a week, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt, big news. Talk to me. Big news in the Spartans Will Substack newsletter. Let's talk about it. Yeah, we officially, I officially have opened... No, you opened, officially, yeah. Don't, don't, have, don't drag me into your greatness here, Will. <laughs> oh, don't do not do that. Uh, I have officially opened for business, been running the newsletter for free for like a month and a half, and I said uh, from the outset that once Michigan State played a game, I would, you know, start charging people for it with the occasional free post, and then everyone gets a, a week free so you can kind of see what you're getting into. Unfortunately... Substack didn't allow me to price it at the point I wanted to. So I've been saying $2 a month, $2 a month. And then I learned when I went to go make it $2 a month that it's got to be either $5 a month uh, minimum or $30 a year minimum. Uh, so I, that, that's, those are the prices. I, I, I decided to stick with it. I was conflicted over this, Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I decided to stick with that because I think a lot of people – who are going to be subscribing are going to do the $30 for a year, and that shakes out to $250 a month, which makes me feel okay because it's close to $2 a month. 
And anyone doing $5 a month is probably on like a one month, let me see if I like this basis, or maybe even just like a free week trial basis. So I feel okay with that. If you're going to sign up and you, you're like locked in, like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Don't do the $5 a month. Just lock into the $30 for a year. It's much cheaper and much more in line with what I want to charge. Uh, but spartanswill.substack.com, all the film room in-depth stuff, uh, kind of what we'll be talking about today a little bit, but I go a lot more in-depth with Jay Johnson, that sort of things. My statistical breakdown, which is coming later in the week, I started tweeting out some fun stats from that. Mm-hmm. Um, all that stuff is behind a paywall now, and I I don't know. I, I feel weird talking about it, but everyone is yelling at me like, shut up, it's fine. Yeah, Charge I'll, I'll talk about it. You, you've seen The Town, Will, one of my favorite movies. The Town, yeah. you, you've seen that. Well, I, before I subscribe to your newsletter, I first have to acquire my nun mask because I have to wear it every time I read your newsletter because $30 <laughs> a year for what you're doing is just pure and blatant robbery, really. Like, you're working too hard to just charge two fifty a month, but here you are just doing it for the people. Thanks. For the people. He's a people man. Thanks. I appreciate that. So, spartanswill.substack.com. One Alan Will. Spartanswill.substack.com if you want to check it out. Uh, the first film room piece is free, and it's up there. It's going to be free forever. Just as, like, let me see what I'm getting into, and you get a free week. So, I encourage you to check oh. it out. Oh, we the, saw what we were getting into, all right. <laughs> at the <laughs> very least, check that stuff out. Uh, I think it's good, and a lot of people really look forward to it every year, which makes me feel super appreciative. And I think uh, if you listen to this show, you'll probably like it. I can say that pretty confidently. I would say so as well, yeah. All right. Let's talk about Mel Tucker. Thank you for letting me talk for two minutes. I'm sorry, Locked On bosses, but get off me. Pushing product here. Pushing product. It, it, it helps this brand as well. Listen. So. Yeah. We're a top show. We can we can stretch our wings here every now and then. We've earned a little bit of time. We're feeling ourselves right now. <laughs> we are we're coming for that number one spot in the college rankings. We want it back. We, it's been a while, but we want it back. That one uh, hellacious FSU loss at a time is going to get us there, baby. We, Let's go. Oh, people love are, the misery. People love the misery, and you the guys, misery loves are, the people. We are cooking this week. Mm. <laughs> Let's I, go. Texted, I texted Matt some numbers. I was like, buddy, we are cooking with cats. The people needed Will Hunter therapy, baby. Needed it. and they. Right. I, I don't know if anyone got it yet this week, but I think uh, it's coming this episode. We'll get there. Um, okay, so Mel Tucker called Michigan, the school up the road, one time, says school down the road 13 times. Love that. Uh, Everyone gets up in a tizzy about him saying up the road because it's directionally incorrect. What the hell did you make of all that? I think it's the the school up north, that school in Ohio, Ohio, calling when Michigan calls Ohio State Ohio. I think that sort of stuff in any rivalry is just the dumbest, stupidest thing ever. Yeah. But I also don't get like that worked up about it. No, that's, you know, it's not something yeah. that makes me uh, like mad in a moment. Like, oh, well, this is so stupid. I'm embarrassed. Whatever. I'm just like that. It's an eye roll thing for me. Like a big giant eye roll, and then I move on. That, that's mine too. It, it's you know, it's a rivalry, so you don't want to give your opponent much credit if that means not saying their name. Fine. I, I don't really care. But yeah, my, my main takeaway. From this press conference, it was everyone else I was up in arms about it. Like, it's not like he said, like, oh, those morons down the school, they're inbred fan base. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you would have thought he said that, by the way. Like, people were reacting yeah. a little yeah. bit. Like, okay, school through, like, that's probably, like, the lightest and probably cutest way you can 
uh, take this approach, and he did it. So, like, I read it on yeah. Twitter. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that's that's cool. Yeah, sure. And, like, I Ohio State does with Michigan. Like, oh, the team up north. Like, they won't even put it on their schedule. Like, oh, that's cool. Like, fine, whatever, do that. T-T-U-N. I mean, yeah, do what you got to do, I guess. But, like, I also find it even weirder. I think it crosses that line, though, like when on that week of their rivalry, you got idiots going around town putting duct tape over every O or every M in the city. Like, oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, don't you have anything literally better to do right now? Like, holy smokes, this this is, I was going to say this is bordering on unhinged behavior, but that doesn't even border on it. That just is unhinged behavior. Like, God, just go read a book or take a walk or something. But, well, no, Coach yeah. saying school down, up, sideways, what, under the road, yeah. what, who, who, quite literally, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. I mean, oh. like the Ann Arbor School for the Blind and Deaf football team. Sure. Like, yeah, you know, and, and just... their three-tooth hillbilly down the river fan base. <laughs> like, you would have thought he just said all that. Like, I, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm, do you know what? I'm going to go out wait, on a wait, limb. Wait, wait. I guess that uh, not everything said about each other is nice inside the halls. No. Of either uh, Scandalaris or wherever uh, Michigan. Schembechler. Yeah, Hall. I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb. Not for long. And get, uh, well, Not for long. <laughs> stay tuned to that Hall. one. We'll see if COVID can kill that story again. <laughs> stay <laughs> tuned. Yeah, would you call them three tooth downriver hillbilly fans? Because that's yeah. fantastic. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get the t shirts printed on that. We'll get with Home Field and see, <laughs> see if they can work with us here. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't make much of a, a big deal about it. Actually, the bigger thing that I took from it was not um, like from a, a trash-talking angle or a disrespect angle or, you know, sort of the, the things that got taken out of it, mm-hmm. the general reaction. That actually wasn't my reaction. I will tell you what my reaction was in just a minute, but first a word from Coors Light, Matt. <laughs> Actually, shoot, the, the bottles I got today will not make that noise. I got the uh, twist-off. Oh, you got off bottles? Tops. Yeah. No, yeah, I, got the, I, I got the little twist-off, guys, the 16 ounces today. There you yeah, go. That, oh, that's my go-to oh, for those, game day. You know what? Coors, absolutely, I think they were the first to do that. Mm-hmm. And if they weren't, I'm giving them credit for it because that's like the most common one I see is the like aluminum pint with the resealable cap. Yeah. Genius. Game changer. Yeah. Genius. Finally. Mm-hmm. Finally. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah. It's, it's the go-to sort of thing for like a tailgate, so I'm trying to oh, simulate the tailgate as much as yep. possible this weekend. So yeah, I, I had to go with the, the yeah. pounders, the, the mortar <laughs> shells of uh, Coors, if you will. We hopped we hopped on our call, and Matt's like, all right, went to the store, got my Coors Light. Uh, a word from Coors Light. These days, it seems like life forces us to be on all the time, but every now and then, it's important to stop and reset, and that is when you reach, like we will be reaching for a Coors Light. It is mountain cold refreshment that is made to chill. Matt, what were you thinking in the store today when you're walking in there getting your Coors Light? Like you go down the beer aisle, you're at your grocery store. What do you take me through your mind? My mind is, uh, well, they got a lot of variety, first of all. <laughs> like, uh, I get overwhelmed uh, about that right off the top just because I'm an overwhelmed kind of person. So it's like, all right, do I get the 15, 12 ounce bottles? Do I get just a full rack of this stuff, the 24 oh, yeah. pack? Do I get the 9, 16 ounces? Like, Great options. I know. They got options on top of options, but no matter what option you get, mountains are blue, baby. Mountains are blue. They are. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies and perfect for a moment to unwind and absolutely perfect to have next to you for a rivalry week 
football game between Michigan and Michigan State. Coors Light is the one we choose when we need to unwind. So when you want to hit that reset button, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Wonderful during these COVID times to uh, have it delivered. Like beer delivery, that's fantastic. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Today's episode is also brought to you by the best tasting protein bar ever, Bill Bar. Mookie Betts home run. He probably had a Bill Bar before that. Oh, right there. Right oh. there. Bang. Bang. What's the score now? It doesn't uh, matter. 3-1, bottom of the eighth. 3-1, bottom of the eighth. I was hoping we would be done in time to to watch the end. Maybe I'll uh, flip it up here on my phone on silent. <laughs> yeah. There, they, yeah anyway. Yeah, imagine doing that. <laughs> anyway, uh, the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. If you've had Built Bar in the past, you know how good these things are, and now they are even Better. They've got six new flavors: caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar, sea lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp to go with their twelve original flavors. These things are soft, easy to chew, and covered in one hundred percent chocolate. And they're not just delicious; they're they're delicious on your body. I like that. That's that's, that's that, how we that's decided. I'm going to say it: delicious on your body. <laughs> delicious on your body. That's okay. got to find a way on Bill Parr's website. Yeah. Right on their packaging, it has delicious. to find a way. <laughs> On your body, these bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, like 19, 20 grams of protein, 150, 130 calories. It's fantastic. And right now, you can go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, one word, LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Matt, my takeaway from Mel Tucker uh, and his m- first Michigan Week media availability was this. Mm-hmm. Is he trying too hard to get into the rivalry? It's not, I know it's not really a take. It's a question. No, that's a great question, though. But I'm, sorry. I, I'm sorry for the long pause. I know silence is great on a podcast. No, it's, it's but fine. No, it's a good that's question. Kind, though. Immediately, I was like... Is he trying too hard? It it feels a little like he's trying too hard with that stuff. Like, I, I know D'Antonio those, has done it before. Sorry, sorry. No, you're fine. It, it, I know D'Antonio has is, is sort of done that before, and I'm sure Michigan Harbaugh has done it before, and, and that stuff happens. But I think, I'm honestly, I'm, I, I think I'm fine if he is, because, like, I'm glad he knows that that it matters and he's going to talk like it matters. I think it's going to take like six minutes into the first game for him to like fully, because he's been there as a GA. Yeah. He's aware, but it's different when you're the head guy. I think you just sort of have to experience this game and really any like big rivalry game. I think you just sort of have to experience it. And then you're like, ah, I get it. And then you don't really have to, not that he's faking it, but he is kind of faking it. He's never done it before. He hasn't been a head coach in this rivalry, and you sort of have to make some of that up, and and that can come up, can come off as trying too hard, like trying to play this thing up. Where I think it'll come more naturally for him in the future once he gets through some of these games. Mm-hmm. I think right now it's just like it, that's what I notice. Like he's he's trying to he's trying to really make sure we know he knows 
about this rivalry game. I think that sums it up best. Yeah, he's trying to let everyone know that he knows that he thinks he knows how important this rivalry game is. And I, this isn't a knock against him. I just no. generally think, like, you, unless you yeah. either, A, have been, like, a fan in this fan base for forever or have, more importantly, uh, coached or played in this game, um, it, it's, it's tough to know, like, how big it is. Like, you hear about rivalry all the time. Like, oh, this, this, and that. No, this is like a pretty vicious one. And this isn't just like me as a state fan saying that cool in the pocket like because, you know, we're in it. Like th- there are other fan bases, other journalists that look at from the outside looking into this rivalry and being like, it's kind of like just nasty, actually. This isn't even like a fun rivalry. It's kind of like just a, a jail yard fight here every single year. Like these guys legitimately hate each other. This isn't like the cutesy Ohio State-Michigan rivalry where, you know, one of these teams can't live without the other one. And deep down inside... They can't get enough of each other. Like, no, 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 no. We despise each other. I have nothing but horrible things to say about their uh, their program, their team, and their fan base. <laughs> um, I don't think you really get that until you play. Now, it might be interesting because I'm sure going into the empty big house might be a little yeah. different. But yeah. I'm sure what happens on the field makes up for more than enough of what that would be lacking. I mean, yeah, you might not get spit on. You might not get F-bombs hurl your way or what have you. But uh, th- there should be... Enough that'll happen. Because there's no shortage of it. I mean, whether it's the railroad spike, the little brother comment, the photo op before the game a few years ago, like, there's enough gas that lights the fire in this rivalry. And will it happen Saturday? We'll see. I don't know. It's probably the most relaxed this rivalry has ever been with, A, where MSU has been, B, with everything going on and no fans. Um, We'll see. But, yeah, sorry to ramble, but just like you said, he's trying his best, but I, I think it'll genuinely come out. Here in the future, it's kind of like the yeah. same way why Antoine Simmons talked to the freshmen about this rivalry. You know, like I'm sure these freshmen get in here, they think they know all about it. It's like th- they don't know, and I don't even think a talking to by Antoine's going to do anything to it either. Like once you get out there and get popped in the mouth a few times, like that's what it is. is like what it there's is. there's just an extra amount of rage in between the sidelines for this game mm-hmm. every year. It's it's no longer just about like executing the plays and, and winning. It's about hurting. The other people. Oh yeah, like, sure. Spiritually, yeah, mentally, right. physically, there's plenty of, of dirty plays on both sides mm-hmm. every single year. Right. It's just it's a weird, different rivalry that has a lot of hate in its heart. <laughs> it just does, yeah. and I think you really gotta experience it to feel it. And and you know the players more so, but I, I think the coach, like the coaching staff, will get it more. You know, the, the defensive guys certainly understand it. The guys who've been around understand mm-hmm. it. It's just different. And, and every rivalry is a little bit different. And you got to sort of experience each one for yourself. But, yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, man, feels like he's trying a little hard. And I know he's – Tucker has made an effort to be engaging in the early going here to try to connect with the fan base, to try to lay it out like, hey, here is what we're doing. Process. Relentless. All these different buzzwords, culture, you know, the things mm-hmm. that you were railing <laughs> on two days ago. But he's made an effort to, like, establish that and make it known that this is what we're going to try to be about. So I'm not surprised that he's, like, trying to make it known that, hey, I know the Michigan game's big. We, we're treating it like not like any other different game. And part of the way that he went about doing that is saying the team down the road. Yeah. That's fine. That's great. Honestly, I, I think he's handling this whole rivalry thing very well because sometimes, you, you, I, I, and I have no examples, of course, at the top of my head, but like 
you, you do see people maybe try to gas it up too much and talk or way too disrespectfully it. about it when they're way out of pocket on it and don't deserve to talk about it like that. But yeah. no, I think he's handling it just fine. I think that really the whole press conference was good too because there was one other point in the press conference too that stuck out to me, if you don't mind me hijacking the conversation right now really quick. Go ahead. Awesome. So this was uh, Mel Tucker. Nugget. I'm reading right off Graham Couch's Twitter feed just because he had the press conference today, and he's got the direct quote. So uh, Mel Tucker, negative fans, and the idea that honeymoon is over. Quote, that's to be expected. This is my 24th year of coaching. When you don't have success, there's disappointment from everybody. We go to the truth and understand why do we not have success that we expected. And also, I do feel a passion from the fans. I do appreciate that caring and want to is and want to is there. And no one is more disappointed than myself. Okay, so he's taking accountability for what happened Saturday, you know. And I imagine Tom Herman, you know, stepping up in his first press conference after a bad loss. Like I, I just can't imagine that it's automatic that a coach does that takes accountability and you know doesn't just deflect everything or whatnot so that that was a breath of fresh air does it fix anything no of course not the score is still the same you lost to Rutgers by 11 it's horrible it's embarrassing god um we're supposed to turn the page today Matt and this will be my last sentence on it do it I'm glad you took accountability and uh didn't uh, stir the pot any further than it had to be so hey there you go all right we'll pause here for a minute and come back I'm going to Give Matt a few reasons, because I can't give away the whole kid and caboodle. Yeah, no, I know. We're going to talk about Jay Johnson, though. We'll do that here in just a minute. All right, Matt. Okay, well, yep. How do you want to do this? How do I want to do this? Because it's my segment. Yeah, I was going to say, why why are you asking me? I barely have any control. (laughs) Well, okay, here's what what I'll do. Mm -hmm. I want to just sort of counter a couple things. That you said about Jay Johnson. There's probably uh, a few of those, aren't there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and just like I things I should have, you know, we were both angry. We we're, we definitely weren't thrilled with what happened over the weekend. And we were just, you know, a Saturday, you let it rip in a post-game show, this, that, and the other. It's the heat of the moment. I stand by some of the yeah. things I still said. But yeah, heat of the moment, sure. sure. The, a lot of these takes aren't probably going to age too well. It's okay. Yeah, One thing just like... I want to make sure, just for like a misinformation standpoint, we clear it up real quick here, okay? Yeah, go on. You said something along the lines of, no wonder this bum has been at eight jobs in eight years and can't keep a job, right? Yeah, I think I was five years and five jobs in five years. Is that it? No, but sort of. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to go through this real quick and then we'll talk about some specific things from, from the actual game. Sure. So Jay Johnson was kind of a position coach bouncing around a few stops, like normal D1 college football coaches, right? His first sort of stability spot was as the OC of Louisiana, right? Lafayette, which he was there for five years. He left Louisiana in 2015 to take a, he went from a G5 OC to a Power 5 OC, so step up for Minnesota in 2016. Then, this was his only, like, firing map. Okay, Will. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, my no, tone was care. bad. No, um, that's when Jerry Kill was having his issues with seizures, and they brought in uh, Tracy Clays for just the interim year. And then P.J. Fleck was hired after that and brought in an entirely new staff. God, I feel like that was 15 years ago, that whole Jerry which was, Kill thing. Man. Yeah, that was 2016. So he goes from the OC at Minnesota to an offensive quality control 
uh, assistant at Georgia, which is just a fancy term of come here for a couple years and then go take a new job somewhere else. Mm Mm-hmm. So what Sarkeesian started at Alabama before eventually, be, you know, like a, a lot of people are doing that with Nick Saban. But he did that sort of rehab two-year tour at Georgia for two years, got promoted by Mel Tucker, hired by Mel Tucker to be an offensive coordinator at Colorado, and then one year later hired for more money at a better job to be an offensive coordinator. So it's been just like a pretty steady climb up with the exception of the Minnesota to Georgia transition, which honestly, OC at Minnesota and offensive quality control at Georgia probably make the same amount of money, Matt. Uh, yeah, God, <laughs> I, oh, Athens might be paying a little more, honestly. <laughs> so it, 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 it hasn't been the this dude everywhere. It hasn't been Charlie Weiss. <laughs> this dude goes somewhere and yeah. they run him out of town. Sure. Okay, I just I just wanted to clarify that. No, that's fair. That's that's uh, it's just a, be, it's a narrative buster. <laughs> just to be fair to him. No, that's I, fair. I, I understand. Your, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I understand your anger, and you look at that, and you're like, he's about five to like. I get it. Yeah. Just we gotta. <laughs> it's been like a steady climb up. Just to yeah. making uh, once, to let's a do really it once over job. on that, just to avoid the slander yeah. lawsuit. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Good call. There right. you go. Okay, so. <laughs> Some of the biggest complaints from Saturday were the predictability of a run game and a stubbornness to a run game on first and second down uh, when it wasn't working. Mm -hmm. I generally am okay with that complaint. So, uh, oh, oh, yeah. I, I hope no one's arguing about that complaint. You, you'd have to be Jay Johnson himself to argue against that complaint. <laughs> it, it, it didn't work. Um, here's my, my couple counters to this, okay? Mm-hmm. First off, Michigan State's interior three, like we talked about, absolutely got killed the entire game. And yes. the base of this offense is inside zone, and they tried to run inside zone, and every time they tried to, it got absolutely killed because their linemen got destroyed. Their average distance to go on second down was 9.86 yards. Second and 9.86, Matt. Honestly, that that sounds about right, which is insane. Yeah. I know. So that immediately, some of that is certainly going to be Jay Johnson's fault. Jesus. Yeah. Yes. But that's also a horrible spot to be in consistently as a play caller. Like, uh, hey, I called a play that should get us three, four, maybe five yards, and I got negative four, you know, yeah. because someone blew a block, because we couldn't block a 230-pound nose tackle. So some of that I'm willing to excuse while acknowledging that there was too much of it. Also, looking back on the plays that were called and just like the lack of variations of it uh, and what comparing that to what Johnson ran previously at Louisiana, Colorado, uh, it was a vanilla day, Matt. Yeah, and, and we used to complain about this a lot. Every first game Michigan State played, like it would just be the most generic stuff ever. Um, and that is because, and I'm not surprised, and I'm actually okay with this, like they had a few weeks of practice during a pandemic, on-field hitting for two and a half weeks. Like, you know, it's it, you can install so much on the Zoom calls, but actually running it out there, like, you know, they've probably got a small portion of the playbook ready to be run during the game, if mm-hmm. we're being fair and honest. Mm-hmm. Like, 
they ran their base plays. They didn't run the counters. They didn't run the counters to the counters, which is not really how it works, but you get what I'm saying, right? There's variations like, oh, we run inside zone, then we run zone read off the same look, and then we can RPO off it, then we can play action off it, then we can run a counter look to it, right? They just did like step one of all of that stuff, really. They just ran like base level plays. Uh, And sometimes base level plays don't work, especially when you're not going to block them. So we didn't get to see... (laughs) Blocking on a zone run... (laughs) Might be important. It's important. (laughs) Maybe. The point of that is we didn't get to see all that they do in the run game. They, like, I don't, there wasn't a single play with jet motion, and I know everyone's, like, scarred by jet motion at Michigan State. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for good reason. Yeah, yeah, but when you have Speedy Naylor and Jaden Reed, jet motion can be really effective if used properly. Sure. Fair enough? Beyond fair enough, yeah. (laughs) So they didn't do any of that. They were in like the same personnel groupings the entire game. But one thing I really did like, I haven't counted it up yet, but in terms of formation, uh, Michigan State ran whatever it was, like 70-something plays. They, they used like 40 different formations. Oh, wow. Gotcha. They, they were moving people around. It was the same group, and it was all similar, but they would tweak everything a little bit. And so they would run the same play out of a slightly different look. And so I like that. I like the approach of that. And then, like I was talking about, you can do every variation of each play. So we run inside zone out of 20 different looks. Then we can run inside zone read off of those 20 different looks. We can run RPOs with different routes based on whatever look. You get what I'm saying, how it kind of like builds out? I do, yeah. And it's just barely laying the foundation of that. So that's something where I look at, like, okay, it makes sense. They're playing a team. They don't know who the defensive co- or they know the defensive coordinator. They know the head coach of Rutgers. Chiano is a defensive head coach, but they don't exactly know what scheme they're going to be facing. Mm-hmm. Like just think of Michigan State. We didn't know what the team that we cover and root for was going to run on defense because they had three different styles of defense yeah, right. coaches, right? Right. And Chiano's done different things. He was with the Patriots. He was with Ohio State. He's been doing different things since he was last at Rutgers. Same with his old defensive coordinator. So you don't really know. You just kind of guess. And honestly, if it was me, I would have just been like, we're going to run our base stuff and we'll adjust on the fly. Uh, and I think that's kind of what they did. And yeah, it didn't work. It wasn't good enough. It would have been good enough had they not turned it over seven times. Um, but I'm not... It, the play calling wasn't good, but I that doesn't make me feel like it's always going to be that bad. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. It, it does. Maybe... Hmm, all right. Maybe I'll so, get the uh, pink slip tucked away in the drawer for, for another <laughs> week then. Give it a couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> Are you saying I acted irrationally and unhinged, Will? Is, is no, that what you're trying to say? I, your words. Your words, not mine. Um, I also... Am more of a fan of this passing game than I thought I was going to be. You know, I, I saw you on Twitter say that you're going to defend Jay Johnson in the podcast, and I respect your opinion. I also respect Rivals reporter Justin Tind. I probably butchered that last name, T H I N D. I respect yeah, I both your opinions very yeah. much, and he also says something similar to that. Like, yeah, they turned Rocky into a 72% pass for mm-hmm. that game. I got to say, like, it wasn't always sexy, but at the end of the day, yeah, God, if you told me that you're going to turn Rocky into a 72% guy in mm-hmm. week one, um, I think I would have signed the dotted line on that, yeah. Rocky set a career high in completion percentage and yards uh, and touchdowns. 
No, the two yeah, interceptions, on the other hand, uh, well, that's... Uh, <laughs> and and this, yeah. is, this is something I wrote about in the film room, and it's something right. I'm going to touch on in this thing. Like, if they don't have option routes down in, like, two weeks... Like where they're just like, yeah, we know what each other's thinking now. Like it just takes a little time. Uh-huh. I'd be, I'd be shocked. I would be genuinely shocked sure. if they're like, they ran a ton of those routes and they miscommunicated on like half of them. <laughs> like, the, you remember that play? Yes. Where, where? Um, no matter what you say, yeah, Dodgers won. Uh, no matter what you say, yes. I, yeah, I just saw that. Um, the play where there, it looked like there was some sort of penalty. And they got like a free play, and it looked like Jaden Reed got overthrown by like 20 yards mm-hmm. on a really deep post. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was an option route where Rocky threw a go, and Trey Mosley broke it off for a comeback. That's why the ball Slight was thrown there. there. Yeah, and so that's another one, <laughs> along with the other ones with Nate. Like it happened a bunch. They'll get better at it. And yeah, yeah so despite that, 70 whatever percent, 300 plus yards, all downfield too. Not any of those little. Uh, pitch passes that he got 50 yards from Speedy Naylor against Purdue. Right, yeah. Right. Great game. Um, G- great times. <laughs> great times. And yeah, so they there's a lot of other stuff I want to get to in terms of just how they they did a good job like setting up passes to protect Rocky to make his job easier uh, and to also take calculated risks, which um, Honestly, it's a lot of the stuff I was clamoring for when I wrote in the summer. Like, here's how I build an offense, a fun offense around Rocky. I go back and look at it. I'm like, they're doing, like, most of this stuff. So it didn't work, but I like what they're trying to do. All right. Yeah, I'll I'll tuck away the pink slip. Let's let's give it a few weeks. Let's give it a few weeks. If you want to read a lot more about that, Spartans will dot substack.com take advantage of your free week trial or just sign up yeah it's awesome it, whatever it, it you is, want it to is. do I'll, I'll say uh one good thing and one bad thing about it one good thing is that um actually it's the same thing one is that like you really can't do it justice talking about it you get a lot of information talking about it on the podcast the bad part is you really can't do it justice talking about it because you really see how horrible the offensive line did in this film breakout and like holy <laughs> smokes tough. is that borderline infuriating to see where some of the mistakes went went down but yeah no tough. film room it's it, it's it's great work as always and you did a bang up job week one so oh thanks matt uh, yeah, check it out. My defense of Jay Johnson should be out by now. Hey, you're listening to this Wednesday morning. It should be out by now. Uh, if not, it'll be out very soon. All right, that's going to do it for us here on Lockdown Spartans. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Reminder to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Lockdown Spartans wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. And uh, we should talk about the betting line for this game, Matt. I've seen it everywhere from like minus <laughs> minus twenty eight and a half for Michigan to like a pick 'em, basically. Um, it's yeah, it's been moving a lot. I think some big money, big money usually comes in on these bigger games, and everyone's been seeing Fox big new Saturday watching the World Series. We've seen a hundred right. promos for it. I think there's a lot of attention on this game and a lot of money, a lot of action getting thrown at this game, and it's been really interesting to sort of look at that. So we'll talk about that. And I think we should definitely start talking about expectations for Michigan, Michigan State, breakdown, preview, what are we worried about, what do we want to see. We'll do that over the next couple of days here. And then late Friday, we'll mix in some picks as well. So that's the plan for the rest of the week. It's going to be good.
It's going to be good. Rate, review, subscribe, rate, review, subscribe. Spartanswill.substack.com. Matt, take us home. Get yourself a Bilt Bar. Get yourself a nice Coors. We're going to have a weekend, baby. All right. Three down, two more shows to go.